I say this every couple of weeks, it seems like, when I'm in Matthew. This is a pretty solemn and serious passage of Scripture um, here. And so I hope you're patient and listen carefully. It's, it's not a... Um, it's not like it's just milk here. There's a little meat, and I want to soften that for you and get you to have a taste of it here. We're going to talk about a title of our message is called True Hearing. True Hearing. Matthew 13, we'll read verses 1 through 17, then we're going to look at a couple other passages. Notice here, the same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside, and great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so that he went into a ship and sat. And the whole multitude stood on the shore. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. And some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up, because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, because they had no root. They withered away. And some fell among the thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some an hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? He answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it is not given. For whosoever hath, to him shall be given. And he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not... From him shall be taken away, even that he hath. Therefore speak I unto them in parables, because seeing, because they seeing, see not. And hearing, they hear not, neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Esaias, which saith, By hearing he shall hear, and shall not understand. And seeing, ye shall see, and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes have they closed, they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which ye see and have not seen them, and to hear those things which ye hear and have not heard them. Hold your place in Matthew. Go to Mark, 5, Mark 4. And this is a passage that's what's called the parallel passage. But I want you to see how it was... Recorded here in Mark, Mark 4, we'll just look at verse 23, 24, and 25. Mark 4, verse 23, 24, 25. Jesus says, If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. 
And he said unto them, Take heed what ye hear. With what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you. And unto you that hear shall more be given. For he that hath, to him shall be given. And he that hath not, from him shall be taken even that which he hath. Now go to one more passage. Go to John chapter 12. John chapter 12, we'll read verses 35 to 41. John 12, verses 35 to 41. Again, these are, we're reading some scriptures that are in the life of Christ and an incident, an issue that he dealt with, and we'll explain it. Notice John 12, verse 35. Jesus said unto them, Yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while ye have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. But notice these words, verse 36. While ye have light, believe in the light, that ye may be the children of light. These things spake Jesus and departed and did hide himself from them. Now notice these verses 37 to 40, 41. Notice this. But though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him, that the saying of Esaias the prophet might be fulfilled, which he spake, Lord, who hath believed our report? And to whom hath the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore they could not believe, because that Esaias said again, he hath blinded their eyes and hardened their heart that they should not see with their eyes nor understand with their heart and be converted and I should heal them. These things said Esaias when he saw his glory and spake of him. Back in Matthew, we'll be back in Matthew 13 and our plan is if you just go back there, if you be, be patient with me here, I'll, I'm going to try to walk us through these verses. We'll spend a moment on nearly every verse here. This is a serious passage of Scripture. It makes me think of the church van that we have. Um, so the church van is parked out here. We went through a car wash one time. That was probably a couple years ago. And, um, the, you know, the automatic car washes. And I forgot to take the antenna off. So I start driving. I'm going through it, and it's too late. We're, the thing's spinning and stuff like that. And all of a sudden, it's abusing this antenna. You know, it's just abusing this thing. And it's all bent and flopping around. And when it was all said and done, I, I ended up, I mean, it's just, it was just bent. So I ended up actually cutting the tip of it off because it just looks so dilapidated. And I haven't gotten a new antenna. We haven't gotten a new antenna. It's kind of a hassle on that because the cord runs up, I think, under the dash or something. But uh, anyway, so now when I, my boys, they, they ride with me in that van. They like listening to talk radio and sports talk and a little bit of sports talk, and then some sports talk, and they like to do that. And so they'll get that on FM, you know. There's a couple stations on FM they'll get to hear some talk radio or sports talk. And we can hear that fine in the van because there's really, it's just a little stub. I guess maybe that's enough to get FM. But I like listening to AM sometimes, and 
And so when I push AM, there's nothing. There's nothing, man. I can't receive. There's no way to receive it because the antenna is not sufficient. It's not propped up enough or whatever. I don't know what, 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 how that all works. I just know that I can't receive the AM station and hear something else besides Gambo and um, what's the name of the other guy in the morning? Ron Wolfley. You know, uh, my boys love hearing those guys, you know. And um, John Gambador and Ron Wolfley, but they're not at the same time. But anyways, I, I like to hear something. Well, there's no way. I, I'm, um, it's impaired, really. It's, there's no reception. There's limited reception, I should say. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. This is, and this, is, this question will, is serious, but it will give you an idea of where we're going. I want to ask you this. Oh, by the way, what is it? What do we in the um, in the olden days when people had a TV with rabbit ears, antennas? We called them ears, rabbit ears. Okay. Let me ask you this: Do you and ask yourself? Ask yourself. Let's ask ourselves this: Do I truly have ears? To hear the Lord. I want ask yourself that question. Do I truly have ears to hear the Lord? Now let's look at this passage. I want to see, we're going to do two things. We're going to see what in the world is happening to these people. And then we're going to see what does that mean to we people? Well, that's basically what we're going to do today. Jesus here, notice verse 1, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the seaside. Verse 1 says, um, he's moving around, he goes out to the ocean by the sea, Sea of Galilee, I should say, Sea of Galilee. And then the, verse 2 says, great multitudes came unto him. All of a sudden now the, group, the crowd is swelling. It doesn't say that a crowd came to him. It doesn't say that a multitude came to him. It doesn't say a great multitude came to him. It says great multitudes came to I mean, it's tons of people, all of a sudden he's on the... I mean, all of a sudden, the beach is just full of people. I don't know what this particular shore looked like, but it was so many people, they wanted to hear him. What's he going to say? What's he going to do? And so Jesus, I like this also, Jesus, the Bible says he got out on a ship there and, and put himself back uh, between, uh, put the ocean between, or the sea, I should say, between he and the people who were on the shore. And he was on the boat, and he sat down. Jesus cared about the acoustics. <laughs> You know, he wanted people to hear him. So, you know, we, we have a small building, but we're trying to have some kind of decent acoustics at least to get back there. Jesus cared about the acoustics. And so he sits on the boat. Probably the disciples were with him on the boat. Um, the, the multitudes was out there, and he just spoke, and he'd go right across the water. You, some of you probably experienced that on a, on a still lake or something. You can just talk to somebody on the shore just a couple hundred yards away and not have to exert yourself. That's what it was like here. So Jesus is teaching. Well, this is different now. He issued a series of parables. Notice here, look at verse 3. What does it say? He spake many, many things unto them in parables. Ah, oh, parables. Parables are nice to hear. I like to hear a story. I like to hear a short story. It's easy to understand. Well, Jesus was speaking these little parables. There was at least four that he gave to the crowd right there. He gave a parable that they would understand. A sower, we read that, or a man, a, a farmer. I mean, he's going through the field, and he and he and, and his seed as he's throwing out seed, it goes on four different soils. And we'll spend time on another message talking about that. 
But Jesus told a parable about a sower, and he tells how the sower, you know, the, on the hard ground and on the stony ground and on the weedy ground and on the good ground and what happened to it. And as he told that little story, they thought, okay. And then he tells another little parable about another farmer who, whose servant sowed seed in a field, and, and um, when, the, when, it, when, it, when the, the crops came up, they noticed, wait a minute, there's weeds with, those, with that wheat. So he told that little parable. Then he told another parable about the mustard seed, how it's really small, but it grows into something large. And then he told the fourth parable to the crowd, to the multitudes, about leaven in bread and how it swells the bread. Oh, that's interesting. Just kind of tell a little story there like that, a little parable. Well, he tells the story, and then he says at some point, possibly after this first one, if we're going to take the direct order here, look at verse 9. <clears throat> he tells these parables, and then he says, Who hath ears to hear? That means whoever hath ears to hear, let him hear. Now, that's odd. He, he makes that statement as if somebody has ears but can't hear. Well, that's kind of odd that he would say that. And so the disciples, they have ears to hear. They're interested. Verse 10, they come to him. They, they come up to him and at some point here in this teaching, and, and they, uh, they said, Lord, why, verse 10, why speakest thou unto them in parables? In other words, now, they, the disciples weren't saying, Lord, why are you using illustrations? That's weird. They're not saying that. Parables are like a little short story to, to tell you something that you know for the sake of bridging it to something you don't know. That's really what education is, is taking the known of a student and leading them into the unknown. <clears throat> That's what Jesus normally would use a parable for. He says, why do you speak to them in parables? The idea is you're only using a parable. What's, there's no explanation here. When Jesus had, Jesus had taught before this, there's parables, he said, but every time he told a parable, an illustration of a bird, of a, of a widow uh, uh, who's begging a king, or, or a judge, I should say, for justice, of, of uh, flowers, of some other object lesson, whenever he did it, it was connected to an explanation, a doctrine about birds. Look, God feeds, see those birds? They're always eating. God feeds birds. The bridges, he'll feed you. Look at that beautiful flower. It's well, look at it. It just looks just fine today. Solomon wasn't as good looking as that one. If God takes care of that little flower, the bridges, don't you think he'll take care of you? He has these little simple parables and he'd bridge it over into a lesson to where humanity was. But here he's just telling a story. The sower, okay, big deal. He throws seed in the ground and it does this one, does that one, okay. Oh, the, the tares and the wheat, okay. A field has weeds and it has wheat, so. So he's not telling the point. They said, Lord, why are you doing this? Now, <laughs> we need to follow what he says. Look what he says here. Verse 11, he answered and said unto them, because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of, of heaven. Whoa, I'll stop right there. <laughs> the disciples who were inquisitive, who were wanting to learn, who were teachable, came up to him, asked him a question. Why are you speaking like this? He goes, well, you get to know the mysteries here of this parable. You get to know the explanation. But look, 
But to them, verse 12 says, but uh, to them it is not given. You've been granted, he says to the disciples, something that's encrypted. Oh, guys, listen, this is encrypted. You get to see it unencrypted. To you, it's granted to know the mystery of what this means. But to them, it's going to stay encrypted. This parable of the sower and the wheat and the tares and the leaven and the mustard seed, it's going to stay encrypted. Huh? There's more layers of explanation. Follow him. Look at this. Look what he says here. Verse 13, therefore, pardon me, verse 12 is where we should be. For whosoever hath, to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken away, even that he hath. The word hath means to hold in hand, to possess, as if something was handed to you, and you take it. I have. I'll have that. Somebody offers me cookies, I'll have that. Whosoever hath, from him will be given more. Whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken that which he has, Jesus says. Jesus, this is interesting. Jesus is saying the half is describing an aspect of reset of an aspect of acceptance. How many of us have ever read that verse and like, I have no idea what he's saying? Half, you know, we get more. Whoever has not shall be taken away. We have. Well, I thought if I have not, how can I have taken away what I have? It doesn't make sense. The word half is the idea of an aspect of acceptance. Um, whoever has the antennas is going to get, get more information. Whoever doesn't have it, you're going to get cut off from what you think you even do have. That's what he's saying. Um, did you know in your muscles that if you don't use them, you'll have atrophy, right? You don't use your muscles. I think even Brother Vasco, Dr. Vasco, I think you were telling me some months back about even hearing. If we don't hear, if we're not having our um, eardrums stimulated, we can tend to lose hearing. Is that correct? Somewhat? Okay, not completely, I'm sure. In other words, something's got to get used, and if it's not used, it'll go backward. You'll lose what you think you do have. All right, so Jesus is saying, the disciples are like, Lord, they come to the Lord. Lord, why are you speaking all these people in parables? Well, you're not explaining it. It's just a story. What, it's, and he says, well, it's given to you to know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to unpack this mystery about the kingdom, because the kingdom is now taking a uh, mysterious form. It's not going to be that literal kingdom at this moment. It'll be later. He goes, I'm going to explain the kingdom to you. I'm not going to explain it to them. Why am I going to explain it to you? Because you have. You have ears to hear. You've had acceptance. You have an aspect of teachability. You have an aspect of receptiveness. So I'm going to teach you those things. But to them, so many of them, they have not. They're hearing, but they're not really hearing. Um, they have not. That means it's by choice, they're unreceptive, unteachable. Then their remaining sensibilities get disabled. Look at verse 13. So he says, Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they seeing see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. Jesus saying, so I keep it parabolic, vague, undefined, because they seeing see not, hearing hear. How could a person, this is interesting, 
How could a person see but see not? How could a person hear but hear not? How does that work? Jesus says, these people see, but they don't see. These people hear, but they don't hear. You know why? Because something happened in them. Look what it says in the next verse. And in them, verse 14, is fulfilled the prophecy of Esaias, which saith, by hearing ye shall hear and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing. In their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart and should be converted, and I should heal them. What is going on? So the disciples said, why are you speaking in parables? The Lord says, because you guys have been teachable. I'm going to let you know the story behind the, te- behind the parables, the mystery behind it. I'm speaking in parables undefined because the people, at least the vast multitude of them, many of them, have been unreceptive. They would not have what I'm giving them. So I'm going to not, they're not going to, they don't hear it. In fact, something has happened to them. Here's what's happened. Something has happened to them already. They can't see. They can't hear because something happened in them. But prophecy, here's what I'm trying to say. A prophecy of, uh, is Isaiah. We just read it. The prophecy was this. The prophecy was that, and it gets fulfilled on people who constantly hear God's voice but won't have what He's saying, okay? So there was an Old Testament prophecy <coughs> in Isaiah that God said what happened to His people when they constantly hear the prophet, they hear the prophet, they hear, they hear the Lord, and they go like this. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. And so the prophecy came through Isaiah. It's like, you know what? There's going to come a point where hearing, you're not going to hear. Seeing, you're not going to see. Because God's going to shut you down because you are shutting Him down. See, it's not God going up to somebody innocent who wants to hear and shutting them down. It's somebody who's hearing and hearing and hearing and go, nah, nah, nah. And God says, oh, you like that, huh? I'll shut you all the way down. That's the proph- that is the prophecy there. So in other words, as Jesus is speaking, he's not defining the parable except to the group. And even if he did, they wouldn't understand it. So he's not going to waste his time. So, so two things had happened to him. They had previously said, no, no, no. And so at this point, in this crowd, at this moment, that crowd, at least some number of that crowd, according to what the Bible is saying, was already, they'd see, but they couldn't see. They hear, but they couldn't hear really what he was saying. And they um, didn't understand because they were under uh, uh, God. God brought that prophecy upon them. He shut them down. The reason I come to that conclusion is because I really compared this with other scriptures. This passage is quoted in Isaiah, of course, originally. It's in Mark. You could read more in Mark. It's in, uh, and in Acts and in John. I'm like, I want to make sure I get the right conclusion on this thing. <clears throat> Here's what I'm saying. Jesus is telling the parables, only the disciples are going to get the explanation. The people aren't, and they don't even know. It doesn't even seem like they know they're not. And they're like, what's the deal, Lord? And he's like, they're just blind. And um, 
I'll explain it to you. I'm not to them. They're blind. They've shut their eyes and their ears. And what has happened previous to, so previous to this, and I, that still seems unfair, Pastor. Previous to this, we, that's why we kind of went through this whole book. In chapter 10, in chapter 11 and 12, there was a confrontation with most of the nation about Jesus being the Messiah. In fact, let's go all the way back. The whole nation, they had messengers that told them. The angels, the shepherds, the, uh, even Anna, who saw Jesus in the temple, told people about it. And Simeon, and John the Baptist, and the miracles, and the voice from heaven at his baptism, and the miracles, and raising the dead. They're all saying something. The kingdom of heaven, Jesus said, Repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And basically he's saying, believe me and follow me. Let's start this kingdom. And spiritually, they, it was a, they, they wouldn't repent and they wouldn't accept him and they wouldn't have the new birth. The Bible says uh, that uh, you won't see the kingdom of God unless you're born again. In other words, they wouldn't convert to Jesus. They said, no, 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 no. And so here's a... If you've studied the book of Matthew, this is a turning point in the book. So what's happened is this public thing about a kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. I mean, the the Jews, they knew about that. They should have been excited. Yes, they wanted the political aspect, but they didn't want the spiritual cost of repenting and believing on Christ. They wanted to overcome and defeat Rome and rule the world, but they didn't want this Messiah that's going to deal with their sin first and have them repent. So they said no to that aspect, but they kind of wanted still to have political power. And so uh, Jesus, since they, he's not going to have a kingdom of unregenerate people, since by and large, not everybody, but by and large the Jews, he came unto his own, his own received him not. All right, this kingdom is going to go in a mystery form. And we're in that. The kingdom, the mysteries... Since this day, all the way through Pentecost, all the way, even after the rapture of the kingdom, it's in a spiritual form, and it's, we would say, Christendom, or it's just in this mystery form. Where there's a rule of God, it's spiritual. And then later, it's going to come in the millennial form, and finally a real kingdom, and we're gonna, the church is going to have a part in that with the literal nation regathered and assembled, the Jews. And then at the end of the millennium, There'll be an eternal kingdom. So, so here they've said no, no, no. And so um, he shut them down. Parent was appealed to by his son. Please get me a cell phone. Please get me a cell phone. And the, both parents were appealed to by the son. Oh, come on. I need, I need to be able to communicate with you. And the son Finally, the parents said, you know what, that's good. All right, that'd be great. We communicate together. We'll get you the phone. We'll buy it. We'll, we'll pay for the services first year or so. And then after that, you know, you can pay for your, your bill. But, so they got, the, they got the son, the phone. They gave him the phone, paid for the bill, paid for the service, paid for uh, those things. And the son would communicate with the parents on the phone, phone you know, call and text, call and text for a few months. And then after a while, the son really wasn't responding to mom and dad's calls. You know, after school or after his practice or when he's out playing, mom would call, you know, and he wouldn't really respond. Mom would send texts. He'd hardly respond. Dad, all of a sudden, dad, mom would say to dad, he's not answering my texts. 
And then dad would say, all right, all right, all right. And dad talked to the son about it. He's like, oh, I didn't see it, or I was busy. And he'd have his excuses. And then dad experienced it. He, he wasn't answering dad's calls and dad's texts. And it was just a bad habit. I mean, he'd talk at home reluctantly, but he wasn't. The phone that they wanted to have between them to communicate now wasn't being used to communicate on his part. And so since he wouldn't receive their texts and he wouldn't take their calls, he wouldn't have that communication, the dad goes on his account and quite easily just shuts it down, shuts the service down. And the son didn't know it yet. And one day he's out playing and doing his thing or hanging out with his friends, pulls up his phone, and he can't call, he can't text, can't even text his own buddies. And he's thinking, well, well I don't have any reception. Comes home and tells his dad, Dad, I don't have reception. It doesn't work. I can't. He's in a panic, you know. And the dad says, You know, you weren't re you weren't receiving us. You weren't hearing us. You weren't answering our texts. I'll shut down your reception. The reception you have left. Listen, that's that is the sobering thing that God has done here. Now, I want to ask a question, and we're going to work it, and I'll give a few some points here that explain this. Uh, the point, the main thing. Will you have what God is saying to you? Now think about this. Sometimes we're so busy, we don't even want to consider what God is saying to us. God speaks through His Word, and He reinforces that with His Holy Spirit. What has God been saying to you? Will you have that? I'm not asking if you can actually hear it, like with your eardrums, but will you have it? Are you receptive to it? <clears throat> some people are like, well, you know, I can, ah, pastor, I, you know, some people, they'll tolerate a little bit of Bible. It's Sunday a.m., I'll hear a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I can kind of tolerate. I got this certain level of tolerance of hearing the Bible, of hearing God, just a mild, not too much. I'm not going to really implement that thing, what he's really saying. I mean, Brother Ketch preached on a lot of stuff. I'm really not going to plug that stuff in. I just kind of know what he said, and yeah, I'm not really going to have it in my life. If you won't have, then you're in danger of losing reception with God. I'm just saying that's what happened to these people. They were, if we won't have what he says, we're in danger of losing reception with God. Notice, let's look at Mark 4 one more time. Mark 4, 23. And then we'll read those three verses again, 23, 24, 25. Listen to them. Jesus says, if any man have ears to hear, let him hear. And he said unto him, take heed what ye hear, for with what measure ye meet. In other words, how you respond to that amount that was been divvied up to you. The way you receive that in, it shall be measured to you. And unto you that hear, you're receptive, you're having it, shall more be given. For he that hath to him shall be given. And he that hath not from him shall be taken away, even that which he hath. Why should God keep explaining himself to people who don't want to hear from him? You know, a lot of people, Brother Kevin asked about people who, or pardon me, he taught about people who asked questions to God and about God. And there's nothing wrong with that. David asked a lot of questions. 
But why should God keep answering questions of people, saved or unsaved? Let's just, I think this is a broad principle. Why should God answer my questions if I'm not even answering the things He's been telling me? And for a lost person, this is really plain, and it's really what the text, the main thing is, why should God explain Himself, communicate Himself to somebody who keeps saying, God, I don't want to hear from you, I don't want to hear from you, I don't want to hear from you. Um, so here's what we want to do. This is about true hearing. We're going to show you, give four points, to just four explanatory points, and I've already explained some of them already. Well, let's just make them in statements. Four points about true hearing. We need to have true hearing. Number one, listen to this. True hearing is spiritual receptiveness. It's not so much your eardrums. True hearing is spir being spiritually receptive. You know, I was just showing Brother Kevin, Brother um, Murdoch, I, I showed him this quote a little bit ago, and I heard somebody say it. I, I haven't verified it, so I'll just preface it with that. I, I need to go and verify it. But I, I heard from another preacher who's well um, repu of reputable. He said this, when they brought about Helen Keller, Helen Keller was deaf and blind. Can't at all hear or see, and they found a way to communicate to her. They said they were anxious to bring a pastor or a minister to her to teach her about God. And they said when they brought a minister to teach Helen Keller about God, she says, I've always, she said, somehow she communicated. She, she communicated, I've always known there was a God. I just didn't know his name. Ah, so there was no bias, religious slant poured into her ears or eyes that said, there's a God, there's a God, there's a God, and therefore she believed it. No, right here, right here was and she knew it. She knew it. She knew it. There was a God. She's like, I just didn't know his name. Now, she, my point is, is she had ears to hear of a different sort. So true hearing is spiritual receptiveness. Um, do you have receivers to receive? It's not just the physical sound waves that come on our eardrums. Number two, another thing about true hearing. True hearing means accepting His words. Accepting His words. I'm going to read John 6. John 6, 63. And if you can't turn there fast enough, that's okay. John 6, 63. Jesus said, It is the Spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. In other words, he's saying it's not about flesh, it's about spirit. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So true hearing of God that has life-giving effect that is important, that is meaningful, true hearing is spiritual, but it's True hearing involves hearing God's words, receiving. I'll take those. I'll have those. I'll eat, eat those. I'll uh, believe those. True hearing means accepting His words. <clears throat> another thing, another, the third of four points about true hearing is this. And this is kind of we, where the text bears out more explicitly. Those, listen to this, those with true hearing will get more to hear from God. Those who are hearing God and will have what He says will get more. One of the brothers came on visitation yesterday. 
And he said, he said, you know, God, he said, I said, it's good to have you. He goes, God talked to me about it, about coming visiting. I said, oh, that's good. He goes, said, I better, he said, so, so I thought I would come. I was like, well, that's good. God talked to you about coming? And you, and you said, well, I better come then. I said, that's good. And then, and then the thought went through my mind. I'm like, that guy has ears to hear. And then I thought went through my mind because I was studying this passage at the same time. I think if he keeps ears like that to hear, he's always going to hear. So he's always going to hear what he needs to hear from God. He's have. I'll have that word. Okay, Lord, I got that. I'm, I'm going to respond to that. He's always going to have something he needs. He'll always. The reception will be there. So true hearing. Those who are true hearing will get more. Number four, <clears throat> those who will not have his words will become further deadened in their senses. Now, some of this is offensive, even, even just saying it. Somebody like, that's not right. And look, you know, was it right for that dad to shut down? The kid's uh, phone account, the kid's not hearing, the parent. Why should he continue to give him reception with anything else? He shut him down to actually get his attention back to his dad and parents. You know, so, okay, back to the text. Matthew 13, therefore speak I unto them, Matthew 13, 13. I speak to them in parables because seeing they see not and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. It's happened because they were saying no, they wouldn't have his words. Uh, let me explain it with this. I read, some of you have heard of W.A. Criswell. He was a longtime pastor in, I think it was Dallas. And um, he, I read, I was reading a message of his, and he shared this story when he was younger. He's, he's passed away, so this is probably like seven, probably 80, 90 years ago this story took place. In whatever town he grew up in, he said, um, in this little town, they would have a revival meeting about, I don't know, about every other year or so, maybe every year. He said, we'd have this revival meeting, and the town marshal, one of the leaders in the community, he said he would come with his family to the revival meeting. A lot of people in the community would come to the revival meeting. He says, and I would go, and I'd see the town marshal there, and I'd see his wife and his children. He says, they, I, I, we knew his children, pardon me, his wife as a godly praying wife, and we knew his children as godly praying children, but the, the man, the town marshal apparently wasn't saved. He says, I remember seeing him go to this, and, and through the revival meeting, seeing him, uh, when, when there's a gospel invitation, you give the gospel, and there's an invitation to come forward, or come accept Christ, and uh, come to the front. He said, the guy, he said, I'd look over at the guy, and I'd see him under conviction, and I'd see him just kind of like sweating and and crying under conviction, but holding on to the bench. He said, I'd see him hold on to that bench there, not move, and say no verbally. He says he never would, he'd never respond. And then he said, we'd have revival again another year. And the town marshal would come and his wife and his children, and he'd, and he'd listen, he'd, and it's just a little less, little less conviction. And then the next year, less and the next year less, and then I'd look at him after a few years, and it's like as if he'd, nothing bothers him. And, and, and it's almost like, 
it was less and less and less and less that he could even detect communication with God until it was gone. The, and the way he put it is the eye closed, the ear stopped, and the heart hardened, and God gave him what he wanted. Wow. So that's what happened with many of these Jews here who had, now this isn't like, well, God only gave them one chance and shut them. Many, multiple, multiple chances to hear and to respond, and they didn't. I was, uh, Brother Murdoch's got, he did some street preaching in Las Vegas on New Year's Eve. And he's got a little 10 minute, pardon me, it's longer than that, but he has a five minute sample of, uh, of the street preaching. And he's not, he's not a old, cranky, irritating kind of a, you know, street preacher. He just, he's just speaking out and preaching the gospel and he's friendly and he's loving it's amplified, but, you know. And I was watching a little segment of it, and, uh, and so you can correct me on this, but he's speaking, and all of a sudden, you know, he's saying something. He's just using attention getters and kind of like parables and trying to get people's attention. And pretty soon this couple, they're probably in their 50s, come walking up kind of behind him, and it was the lady. She's like, there is no God. He's like, excuse me, there is no God. And he said, well, um, he started saying something. No, 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 no. There is no God. Well, ma'am, can I? No, no, I don't want to hear from you. There is no God. And she just, she doesn't want to hear. She just wants to spit in his face or yell at him. And her husband's there with him. And, um, and then Brother Kevin started to say, well, what makes you, he's, looking, he's kind of looking, well, what makes you think there is no God? She's like, what makes you think there is one? And she just walks up. Didn't want to hear the answer. And he had a good answer. Go on there and watch it. He had a good answer. What makes you think there is one? Don't you want to hear the answer? No. Well, it's kind of funny. Her husband finally piped up and said something. He says, yeah, and doctors, doctors cure cancer, not Jesus. And I thought, that didn't make any sense. But anyways, um, didn't kind of fit, you know. But my point is... Um, my point is some people that say they're open-minded are not at all open-minded to God. And after a while, God makes them closed-minded. That's what it says there. So, so for us, if anybody in here is not saved and you're hearing the gospel and you're hearing the gospel and hearing the gospel, can you really hear it? Do you see that Jesus died on the cross for your sins and your sins are a problem? And if you'll pray and ask him in sincere faith to be your Savior, you'll be saved. Do you see that? If you can see that, you're blessed. But if you keep not having that and not having that, I don't want that. God might give you what you want and just shut it all down. But I think most of us in here are believers and we, can, we, we know the Lord's our Savior. We've accepted Him. Well, then we should have the mentality of, Lord, I, I want to keep hearing. and Whatever you tell me, whatever I read, whatever the Holy Spirit reinforces in the messages, the preaching, the teaching, I'm going to have it. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll, I'll meet that. I'll, I'll take the measure of mount that you give me, and I'll take it, and I'll do something with it. God says, then you're just going to keep getting more. You'll keep hearing from me, and I'll keep giving you direction. You'll, you're not going to be in the dark. 
That's how we ought to be. I, and some of you are blessed like that. You're very receptive. And I want to give people encouragement thinking uh, so that they don't think this is just coming down on everybody. Many people in here have tender hearts, from what I can tell, and, and seek the Lord. They don't just attend. I know some people, they don't just, some people attend church. It's just a routine. I mean, if this church became a, if this church became a Catholic church, you'd probably still find your way showing up here on Sunday mornings and not even just pay attention and know the difference, unfortunately. If it became a charismatic church, you still, I don't know. But I know there's a lot here. You come and sincerely you want to hear from God. Blessed are you then. Blessed are your eyes. Blessed are your ears. God's going to keep communicating to you because you keep your antenna up. This is, we'll close with this thought. <laughs> when I was in elementary school, I went to Irving Elementary School in Mesa, and it was about, seems like our fifth and sixth grade years, it was about one Friday a month, like at the end of the month, we had movie day. And um, it'd be usually be like, there's usually like four fifth grade classes, four sixth grade classes, you know, and they would, what they'd do, they'd get everybody to go into one person's class and we'd all sit down and there was a time where we had this amazing technological transition between film reels and we transitioned, it was incredible, highly technological, to this cart that they rolled in and this TV, this huge TV, that big, huge TV, like that and that fat. And they'd roll it in, and he put a, C, a VCR in there, or I mean a VHS in there, and we watched it. So we'd watch it one of those ways, you know. And um, but wait a minute, not everybody went in there to watch it. Not everybody could see our Disney movies like Condor Man, or however many days around the world. I don't remember what that one. Anyways, and or Willy Wonka. Anyways, we we watched those and and. And not everybody could see it. If you were a good student and you were, you were being teachable for those last few weeks and you're up on your homework and you're, um, you're receptive and you're obedient, and then you get a C. But then there was other kids, you know, the teachers would check up, all four teachers. How's they been? they try to figure out what kids are just being bad boys and girls. And they're behind, they're behind, they're behind. All right. They, they didn't get a go and watch the movie. We, we, I mean, they had to go into, uh, <laughs> had to go into another room, and um, we actually, this is amazing. I'm thinking about this. It's funny. We had consequences. That's another thought. They actually had consequences that when you did something bad, we'd missed out. Anyway, so we went, I mean, they went in this room, and uh, we would, um, one time I actually, it's only happened a couple times to me. I had... <laughs> I actually had that. They said, here's a dictionary, here's some paper, and start writing out the definitions out of the dictionary. Like, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I had to do that for the hour and a half, two hours. I don't know what it was. It was too long. But the thing is, is that because I wasn't teachable during the week, I didn't get to see something special. Because I wasn't receptive and compliant with my teachers, I didn't get to see. I wanted to see. I wanted to see content. Man, I want to see Willy Wonka or whatever it was they were showing at the time. I want to see it, but I couldn't because I was saying, yeah, to my teachers. And honestly, truth, truthfully, it didn't happen very often because I wanted to be teachable. I wanted so I can see more. I wanted to see more. I want to see something special. And that's how I think that's really what it's getting at here with the Lord. He says, 
if you are receptive to me, then I will continue to guide you and show you more and more and more. That's what he's saying. He's saying that to the believer. He's certainly saying to the, <laughs> to the unbeliever. And I don't want my heart wax gross, my ears dull at all. And so, are you truly, do you truly have ears to hear the Lord? What has God been saying to you? What is God, and I'm not just talking about this, maybe he has, obviously, in this moment or in the Sunday school. But think about even the last few weeks, the last month, the revival meetings we had. What was it that he wanted you to have by way of his words and his message? Let's pray.